0: spreading headlines for a championship Monday. The big underdog Bengals, they stampede back, beat Kansas City as a touchdown underdog and are crowned AFC champs. The Rams come back also beating the 49ers for the NFC. The question there, who's to blame? There's blame to go around. Super Bowl early line. Rams at home, favored by four of Cincinnati over under 48 and a half total points. Here comes a four out of the Vegas truth covering all that and more.
1: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is straight out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas. Your host, RJ Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell.
0: You heard it, I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a championship aftermath. Monday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Man, we've got a full show. we got an hour, and I think we've got, I'm approximating here, I think we've got 96 minutes of show. So we're going to squeeze it in. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies, including... We're going to have the early Super Bowl handicap. There's a prop I already like. I'm not sure if I'll give it. I might at the end of the show. I'm thinking I will. (laughs) sports betters listen for the money sports fans listen to no more than their buddies he's the fan who beats the man AJ Hoffman
2: thank you RJ great to be here on a Monday where the Bengals knock off Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs the Rams lock up their Super Bowl bid with a comeback win over the 49ers the Raiders have a new head coach GM combo what is the Vegas lead
0: what about Tom Brady retiring yeah 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 I'm not sure about that one that's an interesting one has Schefter doubled down? Well, remember now, we'll talk about this. We'll talk, we won't talk. We will talk about a Brady retrospective, but we'll talk about the mechanics of that reporting because I think it's interesting. And I also think it possibly may affect Brady's decision, whatever it was at the time. But we're going to do the Vegas lead here, and it's got to be Joe Burrow. J- Joe Burr, as Bill Simmons was saying, because he's cold as ice, <laughs> but I tell you, man, this is something, and I find it so fascinating because this is a guy that would have had every excuse in the world. It's the Bengals, and literally in one and a half seasons, he just turns out on its head.
2: Yeah, Joe Burrow leads the charge in a comeback win for the Cincinnati Bengals, covering all numbers. The final score, 27-24
0: Bengals, covering his dogs. Allow me to pose the following Question, possibility thesis, we'll call it, to you, A.J., could it be that Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, the, the qualities that make them special are the same qualities that are preventing them from winning as much as they probably should. So when I say how much should they win, well, offsides penalty against New England— prevented that Super Bowl trip. Who knows? They, you know, probably win that Super Bowl, but at least they have a good chance to. And then they, let's give them credit, because just one Jimmy G pass that next year, and they would be 0 for for the Super Bowls. But no, (coughs) Mahomes, come back, let's give them credit. Amazing comeback, won the Super Bowl. Last year, uh, you know, it's hard to blame them, right, with the O-line injuries, but lost. And then this year, a loser, even before the Super Bowl, if you make four AFC championship games at home, you're supposed to have more than one Super Bowl. You're supposed to have more than two appearances. That would assume you're even to have two of four just to make it, but you're at home. Not to mention, you know, obviously they were seven-point favorites here. Now, what is that quality? It's the... That the 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 pistol shooting, trick shot waving kind of like nothing bothers us. Like, imagine how different this narrative would be when they won the coin flip and you saw Mahomes that go, all right, let's do it. And it was like it was almost not even let's do it. It was almost like, okay, this is over. There was that sense. He takes off the cape, as the announcer said. (laughs) And my question is, is that same looseness, that loosey-goosey that lets him throw behind-the-back passes and lets him, quite frankly, do, um, put together that comeback against the Bills that was really just cold as ice, is, is that the same thing that caused him to not really worry about there only being five seconds left? in the first half, being down on the three or whatever and figuring, you know what, I'll throw this pass kind of behind Hill, have him take a step backwards to catch it. And you know what, I'm Mahomes, we're the Chiefs, it's fine. Is that maybe the same thing?
2: No, I, I think it is. And and oftentimes when we see Patrick Mahomes pull off these wild plays that, you know, they say, oh, no one else can do that, it's really because no one else tries to do it because there's so much that can go wrong on these plays. And, it, it, I mean, the fact that Patrick Mahomes can do it means that he's going to do it more often than most guys do
0: because he does it in non-emergent situations. And plus I think he's got physical skills that, um, that maybe uh, Josh Allen has – and, and I think that's it at this point. I mean, you would have to say tools-wise, Mahomes and Josh Allen are one and two,
2: right? 100%. But it does feel like sometimes Mahomes lets it be sort of schoolyard football a little bit too often. And just kind of goes with the flow or, or like you said, is just very loose with how he plays. And I think that there's times where we look at that and go, wow, it's amazing that he can do that. But then there's going to be times where it doesn't work and we go, oh, why does he do it that way? And that's the
0: question is you can't have one without the other. So it's either have it all or have none of it. I think is the fair way to present it because you can't be. Because l- l- listen, formerly of Houston, y- your media career is what was it? The Texans were up. Was it 21 nothing against them? Yeah. 20. How many people are cool and collected and loosey goosey down? Oh, it was 24.
2: 24. Yeah, you're right. 24 to nothing, R.J. Yeah.
0: So how many people are loosey goosey down 24 nothing?
2: None. Well, well, one
0: Mahomes, so <laughs> one. The, the same thing that allowed him to win that game is probably what cost him this game, and that's a
2: really good point.
0: And, and to, thank you. And to me, it's like, yeah, it's better than being an average quarterback. But you got to wonder if Mahomes had, you know, double the respect for the reality of situations. You know, the reality of like a Troy Aikman says he can't remember the first quarter of his first Super Bowl, he was so nervous. Now, Mahomes has already played his Super Bowl, but my gut feeling is he wasn't that nervous, right? And that helps you in some spots. It hurts you in others. It strikes me that in the long run, I don't think you win. Because in that theory, if you're some stupid high school-type kid that doesn't know enough to be nervous, that would be some big advantage. I look at Burrow, and I think he's not – acting like there's no pressure here, but he's embracing the pressure and performing well with it. What Mahomes seems to do is somehow he's got this place in his brain where he doesn't see that there's pressure. He like transcends it, and I think it causes you to be amazing under pressure, but also sloppy under pressure at times. And I'm not sure I'd rather have... I wouldn't rather have Burrow. And I think we're seeing... Burrow, Montana, Brady, those types, they, t- they respect the pressure, but they play well with it. I think Mahomes ignores it, and it's different, and I think it's part of the problem.
2: Do you think that at times he, he falls back too much on his own physical tools? And we've talked about kind of the opposite end of that spectrum being Aaron Rodgers and not, you know, not always taking the risky throws to try to get his team back into things. Do you feel like those two guys are, are kind of counterbalanced to each other?
0: Well, let, let's talk about – because I think Rodgers is more complicated. I think he's willing to take risks if he's down one score. I don't think he's willing to take risks if he's up one score in a game the offense hasn't scored on the other team yet, right? In in a way, it's hard to blame him. It's almost like what, what Belichick did against the Bills in the win game. You, as a Bills homer, though you've never <laughs> stepped foot in – have you even stepped foot in the state of New York? Yeah. Okay, but you've never been to Buffalo. Never been to Buffalo.
2: But you love the Bills. I don't love the Bills, but I—I I mean, I like the Bills more than I like most teams.
0: You said that. No, you said you're a Bills fan.
2: That's, I grew up a Bills fan. I'm not really a fan of anyone now.
0: I don't know. You've had a lot of buys for the Bills this year, but <laughs> they, they were pretty good. It, well, it, well, here's the point, though: is the idea of hmm, the—I uh, guess my point would be this. Is with Mahomes, it feels like, I guess the way I want to say it is, he he's going to do the tough job until it gets to be the highest pressure which kind of goes against what I'm saying in a way. And that's why I'm kind of slow with this because it seems like what we know for sure is he took the – like your main complaint against Mahomes in this game was he wouldn't take the easy pass. He started going downfield in ways that that, that caused him problems in the middle of the year. And he said, you know what? My arm's strong enough. I can do it. I'm Mahomes. I'm Superman. It's like his confidence caused him to not take the easy wins – on an eight-yard pass instead he was going for a 28-yard pass. But, oh, the second half of this year, he didn't do that. So what do you see as the difference in the second half of this game when, in truth, just getting the field goal? If it, like, if they would have scored a field goal at the end of the half, which was a gimme, and then they got the ball back, Kansas City, if they would have just gotten a field goal out of that, they would have probably had the game.
2: Yeah, it would have well, been 24-10 to 10 at that point. And honestly, even at well, 21 – It would
0: have been 24-3, to 3, right?
2: 24-10. Uh, it, it was 21-10 yeah, ten and a half. half. Yeah, the All Bengals right, had 20, 10 at halftime.
0: Okay, okay. But since he got the last – okay, it was, it was 21-3. And then since he got the last touchdown, the yeah. last drive of the half. Okay, go ahead.
2: But it felt like – and I don't know how you felt watching the game, but I certainly felt like the Bengals have no chance of winning this game because it felt like the Chiefs were doing everything that they wanted. And I wonder if they came out of the locker room feeling like the Bengals can't
0: win this game. Well, see, that's the thing. I think you're right. And maybe it wasn't – and maybe that's where it's not a contradiction. I don't think it was the pressure. I think it was a sense there is no pressure, that this game has been decided so I don't have to be disciplined. Because remember, it's not just they were going to go up 24 or 28-3 it was the fact that they had three possessions prior to that last drive of the half. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. And then you drive all the way down the field, what, in a minute 20 or whatever? And now you're on the three-yard line? And if you just complete that one pass, it's now four out of four and up 28 to 10. Man, it just felt like, how do you feel anything but perfect In fact, the announcer said, you know, Mahomes has been perfect. When you score in every drive, how can you feel like you're going to lose that game? And if you –
2: Yeah, go ahead. If you take his EPA from the first half of the game, he was at .4 uh, – like his – per play, his EPA was .4 positive.
0: All right, so let's talk talk about that a second. So, .4 means every time that Mahomes either threw the ball or ran the ball, it – The projection was he added almost a half a point, 0.4 points, to the score. And that is shockingly good. It would have, uh, what, led the league this year, right? It
2: it would have been number one in the league if he'd done that for the entire season. He was the best quarterback in the league for the first half of that game.
0: Now, the second half was what?
2: Negative 0.1, which would have put him 35 out of 37. He was basically Justin Fields in the second half.
0: So we see that's an amazing stat. We and, and, and yeah, maybe Justin Fields is a good analogy, right? A couple big plays, some talent, but not putting it all together. And I'll tell you this much. I think it's the classic. They turned it off because they thought it was over even though the Cincy team came. I don't think they thought it was over. They thought they really couldn't lose, that they were so good, you can't lose. It's not like they didn't have to finish the game, but they figured, hey, and just that one 5% drop-off made it where it was easy you know how it is like you do a lot of crazy diets would you agree with that i do you do like keto this and you know you eat like (laughs) like 50 peanuts one day then the next day you do nothing but drink lemon juice it's a lot of crazy stuff (laughs) and when i i think when you are off a diet like that for the first day or two, you're trying to kind of still stay healthy. But there's a time when it's like it's it's 1130 at night. There's a piece of pizza in the fridge. You get you have a diet soda and a piece of pizza and you're just so happy. Right. Absolutely. And and to me, it's like it takes discipline to have the crazy diets. It took Mahomes discipline not to play like he tends to want to play. And then what in the whole second half of the year, he had that discipline and his, his EPA was great first half he had the discipline. Great. And then four, when it was almost four out of four, it was one play from that touchdowns. it was like that discipline disappeared. and then he threw behind, he winged it down. And the rest of the game he wasn't it wasn't like he was not a talented quarterback. He was a talented quarterback taking unnecessary risks because he didn't have the discipline to work the ball down he, the field.
2: He was a poor decision-maker in the second half. The talent was still there. He just made poor decisions with the football.
0: And why Why poor decisions? Because the stakes were low? No. And it's because he turned off the sense, I have to do it this way to win.
2: Do you think that if they, if the Chiefs had been playing the Bills or the Titans or the Patriots – that that happens. Or do you think it was just they're the Bengals? They they weren't supposed to be here to but begin with. But they just with? beat.
0: They just came back from fourteen on them a couple yeah. weeks before,
2: right? Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's it's really inexplicable that how Patrick Mahomes basically turned into a pumpkin at halftime.
0: But isn't this what we know for sure? Is that when, if you wait long enough, and you usually don't have to wait too long, you are your nature. That you're gonna show yourself, you can have a heart attack and eat celery. We'll keep the diet uh, analogy going. You can have a heart (laughs) attack and eat celery all you want, but eventually, if you smoked, you're probably gonna go back to smoking. You're probably gonna go back to your eating habits. How many people do you know that have fundamentally changed from when you met them? Not very many. I mean, any
2: and particularly people who have had success being yeah. the way that they are. Those are the people who are least likely to make a change.
0: That's a great point. And when when the, the middle of the year Mahomes had, let's be candid, not only a lack of success, they weren't even going to make the playoffs on that pace. And then he changed because he had to salary time after the heart attack. And then the minute he could change back was the minute he did. And. Apparently, that Mahomes with the defenses adjusting for Mahomes and Casey isn't a Super Bowl quarterback. He might have that talent, but he doesn't perform that way. Because if you look at the middle, like six or eight games of the year, he was like middle of the pack. He was like 16th at quarterback. And then he was as good as anyone, and then switch back. All right, let's shift gears quickly and talk. And we'll have enough, a lot of time to talk about. Burrow, but how impressed are you with Burrow? You were a skeptic coming in. The athletic, Mike Sando had him like number, what, 14? And it was a personal, it was almost like Mike Sando spit in your face you were so mad about it.
2: I, I was just surprised to see a guy who played basically just over half a season getting that much respect and certainly this season he, he's proven that and more. and he's He's really kind of What's so special? Back I, mean,
0: I mean, you're saying obvious stuff and you've had some great points. What has been, you know, over the segment, what has been the surprising part of Burrow? What is it that's allowed him to quantum leap to the place where what, if you were starting a draft today, in fact, let's do this. Let's take our first break. And the first question I'm going to ask when we come back is if you were starting a draft right now, the entire NFL was in the middle of the court or, this, or the field, let's say, and you had the first pick in the draft. So you have to consider uh, the position, how important it is. So a quarterback for sure first. got to consider how good they are, but also their age. Who do you take first in the draft? That would be our first question.
2: He's R.J. Bell. I'm A.J. Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Out of be sure to catch live editions of Straight
1: Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I with an I with protocol. If you speak out against the
2: words I'm RJ Bell, we're straight out of Vegas. And I'm AJ Hallman. In just a minute, we're going to continue the discussion of where Joe Burrow falls in the NFL's QB hierarchy at this point of his career.
0: And what everyone's wondering is Josh Allen, in which AJ has a love affair with, but then he also has a love affair with Herbert. Herbs, as he calls him. How is that going to affect his ranking? I can assure you it won't affect mine. This is the (laughs) fastest-growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. That's because of you, your support. Thank you. Keep it up. And we'll keep it up, delivering winners just like this weekend, nice and nice winners. The only loser, AJ, was what? The uh, Kansas City over. Total. Yeah. But still, uh, the uh, prop under Acres, the magical half a point. Mmm, I love it when you win by. I like winning by a half point more than winning by thirty <laughs> points.
2: I'm with you on that.
0: Oh, I love it. <laughs> so we'll keep that going. Now you can listen. On the iHeartRadio app, anytime. Just search straight out of Vegas here in Vegas on the Strip. 57 degrees, and neon is flowing. All
2: right, RJ, you asked for my draft order. If all of them were in the middle of the court, who am I taking all first? All right, so here's
0: the key, is age matters. Um, we're going to disregard contract. Contract doesn't matter. Okay. Age does. Quality does of play and, and you know, perspective or projected quality, and then also position significance. Who one is more, your top one pick? One more
2: question. One more question. Does legal status matter?
0: Well, yeah, that's realistic, okay. isn't it? All
2: right. Yeah, it is. Go ahead. Uh, my, my first pick's Josh Allen, 25 years <laughs> old. It showed showed as many tools as anybody in the league. Uh, I think that he's still n- not reached his full potential yet.
0: Now, would you agree that prior to and up through the win game, that Josh Allen regressed a little bit
2: from the year before, certainly.
0: Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, how much of the, would you have picked him at the, the day after the win game? Would you have picked him first? I would not have. So it's just what you've seen in these handful of games,
2: the last six six games or so. Yeah. Okay. All right. Number two. Number two is Patrick Mahomes. Mhm. Mhm. Number th- Number three, I'm going to go with Justin Herbert, 23 no. years old.
0: Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> You're going Herber, who literally, it almost takes a magician, a magician. (laughs) I was going to say a magic trick, and then I said magician, but it was magician to be a top five or seven quarterback like Herbs and to not make the playoffs. (laughs) I mean, he's almost like the the, the opposite of Burrow.
2: He might be new Matt Stafford is what he might be.
0: (laughs) But somehow you won him.
2: I do. I, I I just think he's so good. I think he can do everything, and he's the youngest guy of the, of the guys who are even in the in consideration.
0: So more than, than
2: Burrow. Joe Burrow, I'd have fourth, which I never would have <sighs> thought at the beginning of this season.
0: Yeah, still, it's way too low. You're picking. What is it that's possibly better about Herbert than Justin Burrow? Justin Herbert
2: has way more tools than Joe Burrow. Oh, so more. does
0: so does Jeff Jor. Well, who has more tools, Burrow or Daniel Jones? Uh, Daniel Jones. Okay, so I guess I mean, listen,
2: if if Joe Burrow's the next Tom Brady, then there's egg on my face. I just I'm not going to believe it until I see it.
0: All right. Last thing. Who's number five for you? Number five for me would
2: be Deshaun Watson, who (laughs) didn't even play a snap last year.
0: All right. Mine. And here's the answer. Mahomes is one because whatever everyone's got problems. His are the easiest to solve. All right. Amongst these top guys. Number two is I am going to give it to Allen. And I'll tell you, he still only has two out of four good years. And I know it's been the last two, but still. And then number three is clearly Burrow. And number four, I'm not sure I don't go with Kyler Murray or Watson before I go with Herbs.
2: Uh, Well, you're drafting, so you got to be sure.
0: Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is. I haven't really thought it through, and so I'll say I'll go with Murray because there's the lack of uncertainty compared to Watson, and then then probably Herbs. Okay. Does so he,
2: almost, almost the same top five, only one difference. What Just, do you
0: mean, I mean almost the same?
2: I mean, major, almost a, it's four major out of the five guys were the same.
0: When Fultz went number one and they traded him for uh, Brown, was that about the same draft? No. <laughs> kind of like that I'm taking Mahomes you're taking Allen you're taking what's his last name Herbert I've never yes it's it's not even a winning name Herbs (laughs) let's admit something as good as he is how didn't they make they have a apparently a genius coach how didn't they make the playoffs
2: I, I don't have an answer for that I don't think they have a genius coach first of all uh, he goes for it on a lot of fourth downs. I, uh, I, we've discussed that. I don't know that that necessarily qualifies you for Mensa. Speaking of the opposite of
0: that, let's shift gears and talk about San Fran and the Rams. The San now Francisco. That, you got a hot take on this. Everyone knows who won. You are blaming Kyle Shanahan, A.J. Hoffman. And this is not some troll of McKenzie make your case
2: <laughs> kyle shanahan had a lot of questionable decisions and there were times in that game that it felt like the the 23-7 game it felt like he was blowing that lead to the patriots once again uh three questionable punts i would say he had with seven minutes in the game the tie game they had a 17 second drive that did not end in a turnover They had three incompletions, a delay of game, and a punt.
0: All right, so hold on a second. Hold on. Let's talk about that one because I believe in that situation when there was like six minutes left, you either want to score there or you want to get out quick because it gives the ball to the Rams with a time that would be difficult to run out the entire clock. If they would have taken even 90 seconds, it would have been harder Uh, it would have been much easier for the Rams to run out the clock. So I'm not sure if that wasn't a brilliant forward-looking strategy. Hey, we're going to throw it three times and and, and get aggressive here. Worst case, we punt the ball away, and they probably can't run out the clock.
2: Is the best version of the 49ers offense throwing three passes?
0: Well, one minute you're saying they're too conservative on fourth down. Next, you're saying they're too aggressive throwing the ball. I'm not sure how to please you, AJ.
2: Well, I, 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 mean, you can run the ball on fourth down too. That is allowed. And then I thought they made a real gaff at the end of the game with two thirty-eight left in the game. It was first and twelve, or first and ten uh, for for the, or first and eleven for the the Rams. They they knocked down Sony Michelle for a loss. So it's second and eleven, two thirty-eight to go. And they just let the clock run down to the two-minute warning. The Rams were certainly not going to call a timeout. 49ers had three timeouts in their pocket. If they call those timeouts before the two-minute warning, you've got more time for Jimmy G on the other side after the field goal gets made. I thought it was just poor clock management down the stretch for Kyle Shanahan, But here's
0: the question. What ended up happening was, and I'm assuming what would have happened is, if the Rams threw and it was incomplete, then it would have been fine. And then, you know, no need to worry about the clock in that instance. And then if they run it once or complete a pass in bounds, you use a timeout, and now you've got the ball with, what, about a minute 45, whatever you need at that point. And to me, with a minute 45, you've got enough time to tie in, in, like, a timeout. You've got enough time, and you likely don't leave them time. Couldn't this, again, be forward-thinking in which – They are saying, we're going to have enough time, but we won't have so much that we give the Rams, you know, all off 13 seconds with Mahomes another chance. Boy,
2: I mean, I guess you you could look at it that way. That's not the way I would look at it. I would look at it as I want Jimmy G to have as much time to move the ball down the field as he can.
0: Well, I mean, one thing we can agree to is Jimmy G needs all the help he can get. So let's (laughs) – next we're going to talk about how this might have been – the best thing that could have happened to the 49ers. Now, obviously, they wanted to win the Super Bowl, but I'm going to make the case that the next Super Bowl might be in a much better situation for the 49ers because they lost this game.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas
2: weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Fox Sports Radio, I'm A.J. Hoffman. He's the voice
0: of Vegas, R.J. Bell. Now, do you think that Tim Tebow is going to beat out Derek Carr this next year? Yeah. <laughs> Is that a question for me or Dan? Uh, no, no, you, you, AJ. I just no, wonder.
2: I, I, do, I do not think that Tim Tebow will be back under Josh McDaniels this year.
0: Okay, okay, that's bold.
2: Despite unprecedented success in their first run together.
0: Now, McKenzie, first cousins with Kyle Shanahan, and it's been documented. It was a tough day for him, but I am going to make the following case. If Jimmy G makes a Super Bowl, it's difficult to get rid of him next year. Who knows what happens? Now he's out the door because not only did they lose, but he played poorly again. And now if Trey Lance can become even a top 12 quarterback, top 12, think about this. With Jimmy G's salary gone, they will have $24 million effectively, 23 let's say, Whoever the backup, is, to spend, and imagine this team, this 49er team, with a quarterback as good, let's say, as good as Jimmy G, about 12, but healthier, you know, in the long run, with Trey Lance, but now 23 million to spread around in the D backs. I mean, just think about. It. This is one of the top five rosters in the league right now, without considering quarterback. Wouldn't you agree, AJ? I do agree. Now imagine if you have another $24 million to spend. How good is this roster?
2: I, I, I mean, I already think this is the best non-quarterback roster in football. So well, imagine
0: I, that with 24 more sticks to spend.
2: Yeah, that, that'd certainly be nice. You
0: think? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, mean, hey, McKenzie, what do you think?
1: I'm excited for next season. We talk about fourth downs, Trey Lance gives you options that just doesn't exist with Jimmy G. In two games they went for seven fourth and ones or fourth and twos in two games with Trey Lance. I couldn't help but think about that as it ended up yesterday.
0: Though conspicuous in his absence, you got to wonder how they didn't have a package. Now those three f- fourth downs you're talking about AJ, maybe Trey Lance comes in with a special package and all of a sudden you get those and they're in the Super Bowl. I-
2: I, th- I certainly think that one late in the fourth quarter, or early in the fourth quarter, it was fourth and two, and they ended up taking the delay after the, the failed challenge by the Rams. Fourth and two at the at the 45-yard line, that seems like a spot that Trey Lance would do you some good.
0: Let's take our last break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up the recap of the Rams 49ers, and we're going to give our first 13 days ahead of time Vegas Preview of the Super Bowl. I'm probably going to give you my prop best bet, one of them, this early.
2: He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio.
1: Straight out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. And
2: I'm AJ Hoffman. Let's wrap up our look at the NFC Championship game before we turn our attention to the Super Bowl.
0: Okay, now we often talk about QBR as the best metric to measure quarterback performance when it comes to what happens on the field. What kind of what kind of production they are uh, producing. Production they're producing, baby. <laughs> and we look at PFF as a way to say, hey, let's abstract out if the ball was caught, but rather how good of a throw was it. And man, oh, man, if there's anything that shows that Shanahan shouldn't be getting the heat here, it's Jimmy G. If you look at PFF grades, his grade is 43. That is like but worse than a replacement player. That's like literally, A.J., if you went and quarterbacked, you'd get about a Ooh, 43. All right. That, that's what – Jimmy G, which was fourth out of four, and it wasn't even close. The other ones were Stafford, 83, Burrow, 72, Mahomes, 63, and then you jump all the way down from 63 to 43. But, but in QBR, number one, Garoppolo. I I don't understand how that happens. Well, it happens because you just look at the stats. It doesn't matter how bad he looks. (laughs) You look at the stats. And the question is, what drives the stats other than quarterback performance? Well, let's think about it. How good the receivers are. Okay? Who had a lot to say about that? Well, maybe the guy with personnel control, Shanahan. Okay? What else? Well, the scheme. Well, that's Shanahan. Okay, play calling. Oh, look, that's Shanahan. So to me, the things that's going to transverse that distance between the fourth graded performance of the quarterback by PFF, but the number one production is all Shanahan. So some questionable or not, in some cases, fourth downs or whatever, man, when you're leading by 10 going in the fourth, I don't know. I'm not saying Shanahan was perfect, but I don't think he gets the blame. Do you want so to you think you want to recant?
2: I don't. I, I think that they're they're probably hand in hand. But I, those numbers do make it seem like Shanahan, given what he had to cook with, may have made the best
0: meal he could. And now he's uh, saying, "Get all this old lettuce out of here. We got <laughs> we got some. Uh, what's that called? Maybe some fresh organic spinach." Some kale. What do they grow in North Dakota? I don't know. All right. So maybe I don't know. Any closing thoughts on the NFC game?
2: No. I I, the one thought I have is I was really happy for Matt Stafford, who's a guy who's been called a loser his whole career. I I think he's still a loser. I I don't think that's I don't think that's fair. I thought he played very very well, Uh, and with the exception of of you know a. A bad pass late that got dropped, luckily for him. I thought
0: he was itching to give the game away. He looked like a guy who hadn't smoked, that smoked for 40 years and hadn't smoked for three days. He was so anxious to, to get that cigarette in his mouth, but in this case, his addiction was to throw the game away. I mean I remember
2: he was down seventeen to seven, so he wasn't throwing the game away. He he got them back well, in the game.
0: Well why was, was he not on the field when they got down seventeen seven?
2: And he and by the way, unlike Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes was playing against a top level
0: defense. Well, listen, here is gonna be your beautiful chance in the next thirteen days to really take a stand on your love of Stafford. Because I'll tell you right now, I like Cincinnati. I'm not making it official yet. And there's a lot of reasons to like him, in my opinion. But let's start. I'm going to start with a prop bet that, that, that isn't even out yet. But this is a prop that once it's out, if, if the number's reasonable. And tomorrow I'll tell you what the range of numbers is, I'm thinking. But I like Joe Mixon running back for the Bengals over carries. Over carries. Because here's what we know is the Bengals are going to be, I mean, Burrow might not be nervous, but the coach is going to be nervous. Remember, we, we now have the connection with, you know, the whole, hey, if you just have a cup of coffee, you get a job with the boy genius. And now what we have is a situation that it's the teacher and the student. And I think the student's going to be very, very conservative, and all teams pretty much are conservative in the first quarter of these Super Bowls, and since I don't expect the Rams to get out to a big lead, I think Mixon, he might not be efficient, but he's going to get a lot of carries. What's your gut feeling on that one?
2: That scares me because I feel like this this is going to end up being sort of a shootout game, and it feels like the, the Bengals are there because of Joe Burrow. It seems like this is a really odd time to get away from him.
0: Really, that the, when the, the most pressure is on and it's the Super Bowl and you don't and, and what is going to be the matchup? Everyone's talking about the D line from the Rams. Sure. Against the Bengals. Well, how do you protect that? Well, you don't throw every down.
2: Right. It would, it, you're right. It would. It just would be going against everything the Bengals have done in the second half of the season that's gotten them success.
0: But is it really? Because I would make the case that whenever he had a chance in that Tennessee game, he ran mix. He ran mix in a decent amount. Right. I mean, and they've been behind in these games. You, yeah. it's, it's hard. It's hard to uh, run a ton when you're behind. But anyway, that's my early look. And obviously tomorrow we're going to pick right back up with the handicap and talk Tom Brady.
2: If you missed any of today's show, including the draft between RJ and I on who would we take? Top five, if they're all in the middle of the court, who do we take? Check it out on the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We're going to be back tomorrow talking Super Bowl, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time. He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. We are straight out of Vegas right here on Fox Sports Radio.
0: Straight out of
1: Vegas!